0: Welcome to the RBL Podcast, I'm your host, Mercedes, and if you're ready to be inspired and encouraged, this podcast is for you. our BL community, sometimes in our walk with God, we can experience trials that can cause us pain and may even bring about questions. An example of this can be the loss of a child, which no parent would think they would have to go through. Nevertheless, we know that God can bring about restoration and hope in any situation. So joining me in sharing her own personal experience today is Mrs. Essence Reed-Oxley. So thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. No worries. Okay, so Essence, why don't you share maybe a fun fact about yourself?
1: Ooh, okay. Fun fact about myself that everyone makes fun of me for is that when I'm drinking from a glass, I don't drink from the same place twice on the glass.
0: Interesting. Okay. I know.
1: <laughs> it's not fun, but it's interesting.
0: Right. So <laughs> wait. So you turn the glass. Literally. Wow. So yeah. what if you run out of spots to drink? N- from? No, I don't ever run out. That's the thing. you
1: got to ration yeah. your sips based on how far around the glass you are. Like it's an art. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wait, <laughs> what if it's, you know, those really narrow soda bottles. Okay.
1: So that's the weird thing about it. And this is why like mental health is a real thing. Cause I don't <laughs> mind that, okay. but I mind a glass. It's a weird, weird psychological thing. Or like if you're drinking from a Tim's cup and it's like the same place or like a straw I never mind that but for some reason I I don't want to drink from the same place twice on the glass so
0: so interesting has it always been like that
1: yeah for as long as i can remember
0: wow yeah well, that's that's definitely an interesting fact <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> All right, so Essence, um, why don't you go ahead and please share with us your testimony of how you came to know Jesus Christ for yourself?
1: Yeah, so basically, um, I got saved when I was 17. Mm -hmm. And um, there are a few kids, well, teenagers in my class at the time who were saved. And um, they kept inviting me to church. And I was like, "Mm, not really my thing. I'm not really into it. So I would always decline their offers. Um, And I grew up in a Christian home, like with air quotes, you know, like not really saved born again, Christian, but with Christian values.
0: Um,
1: And at the time, I remember there were some girls in my, in my high school who were um, like apostolic Christian. So they couldn't wear pants and they couldn't wear jewelry and they couldn't straighten their hair. And I just literally looked at their life as restriction. Mm -hmm. So I remember they some of them are living a double life and so I remember telling myself if this is what being a Christian looks like I don't want to be one so um, I remember telling myself that and so when my you know my other friends who were in school were Christians and I saw the way they were and I'm like they just look a lot more free and happy and different than the other Christians that I saw so one day I was just like I'm just gonna go to this event that they're inviting me to because they're getting annoying and I just want I want to get you know I want to get them off my back
0: mm-hmm. so I
1: just went and then I dragged one of my other friends with me I'm like don't let me go to this Christian thing alone they were inviting you to and then they're like nah I'm not going I'm not going and I was like don't let me go by myself so you know me and my friend we ended up going to that event ended up getting saved her and I and we're both saved to this day and yeah I got saved in 2008 so it's been a while
0: wow yeah it yeah. Definitely been a while yeah. Does it feel like it's been that long since you've been
1: Absolutely saying? not. Like you blink and it's like, all of a sudden you're married with kids and you're grown up now and you're like, how did this happen? You know?
0: So, yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Definitely. Yeah. That's it's a pretty long time to say. Yeah. So of course, like in everyone's journey, right? Like even the Bible talks about like how we we're promised trials basically. Right. And so for you, of course, like knowing what this topic is, you yourself like you've gone through um a season in your life where something did happen in Mm -hmm. your life so can you walk us through that
1: yeah so it's a long long story but just we'll get into it but just to kind of shorten it a little bit um in 20 2019 I got pregnant you know normal run-of-the-mill kind of thing and um I remember going in for, um, my doctor's appointment just to confirm, you know, you do your at home test, but then you have to go into the doctor and they confirm. So I go into the doctor and he's like, you know, your husband just came in here and he, um, he was Getting checked for something completely random, just like a back pain or something minor. And he's like, You know, your husband um, has a sickle cell trait. So you should, you're pregnant right now. We should test you for that. You should come back. And I was like, Nah, this is a waste of my time. Like, I live in Brampton. My doctor is all the way at like Keelan Wilson. Like, I'm not trying to make that drive. Like, nah, like offer a negative test, you know? So anyway, go back, get the test. And I get the call. Um, At this point, I'm like, or five months pregnant that um, I have the sickle cell treat as well. So I'm like, oh, like, what are the chances? Mind you, at this point, like I have a fully healthy, you know, three-year-old son. So I'm not even thinking anything about that. So, you know, now we have to go to a hospital and now we have to check to see if um, the child that I'm pregnant with has sickle cell or not, which I don't really know much about it. So I'm like, okay, like, what does this mean? You have to go through all of this genetic stuff and they explain to you what it is and all of this. So um, yeah, I basically got, it was a very uncomfortable procedure, but they basically put a needle like all the way into the sack of where the, the baby is to take out all of the Um, the fluid I forgot what it's called and in that fluid it can tell you like the gender of your baby it can tell you everything so obviously it can tell you if there are any diseases that they have Um, but I was very confident when I was in that appointment that everything was going to be fine I just felt very at peace like the doctor who was um, uh, doing the the procedure And the other doctors as well, we're basically saying like, it's a one in, like, it's a 25% chance that your child will have full-blown sickle cell. It's a 50% chance that your child will have the trait just like you and your husband. And then it's another 25% chance that they'll have absolutely no sickle cell at all. So you basically have a 50, 50 chance of things being okay.
0: Right. So anyway,
1: moving on uh, a week or two later, I get the call that our child has sickle cell. So that was the first blow that I was like, oh my gosh, like I was devastated. I was crying. I called my husband and I told him. And after that, I was just like, okay, like this is just what it's going to be. Um, so now fast forwarding to our, uh, what do they call it again? Uh, anatomy scan. So this is around five months. You go to like this is usually when people find out the gender of the baby that they're having. We right. do the anatomy scan and they look at all of the limbs and all of that stuff. Um, the lady at the who was doing the scan, she was just asking me some weird questions. And um, she's like, you said your child has sickle cell. And I'm like, yeah, but like, what is that? I'm just thinking, like, what does that have to do with you checking like arms and legs and things like that? So she just seemed a little off. And I was like, something seems off. So not long after I get a call from my midwives, basically saying that the anatomy scan came back saying that there were some issues and I need to go to uh, Mount Sinai who has better technology to confirm what they saw. I go to Mount Sinai and lo and behold, um, a couple of my child's limbs were, you know, flexed and turned in like the wrong direction. So they have like specific terms for this, but just, you know, for the listener's sake, um, you know, the right right or left arm and wrist were kind of like twisted outward. The leg was also twisted outward, clubbed feet, stuff like that. So I'm just like, oh, okay. And the doctor, I remember being in that hospital for hours, like literally the whole day. And the doctor, we go back in the doctor's office. He sees us. He looks at the report and he looks up at us and he goes, can I check for myself? And I'm like, okay, like go back for another ultrasound checks again, go back in the doctor's office. And he basically says, your your child has fetal akinasia, which is basically a lack of movement in the womb, which basically results in death and that your child is not going to make it on the other side, um, when they're born and and could maybe even die in utero. So obviously that's devastating news. And we took that pretty rough. Um, Mm -hmm. but from there, I just lived out the rest of my pregnancy, just knowing that my child most likely was not going to survive after I give
0: birth Wow! did you carry the birth until full term how did that happen after
1: yeah so at that moment um our doctor gave us well it wasn't our family doctor but he's a specialist and he basically gave us the option like you can have an abortion right now if you'd like and I was like well no like I'm not gonna kill my own child like no matter what like if he's gonna pass away you know, at 20 weeks, 25 weeks, 40 weeks, 35 weeks, let that happen on its own. So um, he was like, I totally understand that. He was very respectful. You know, he's like, I just have to give you that option. Cause some people, you know, some people, especially not being a person of faith, you would not want to carry out that pregnancy for like the whole at this point I was maybe 25 weeks or so. I don't even remember, but I was pretty far along, but not, not nine months. I wasn't in my third trimester yet. So no one, if you've ever been pregnant, like it's a lot on your body physically. So yeah. And then you have to go through labor and delivery. So it's like, some people may not want to go through that. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So, um, just like Tobias, he was overdue (laughs) by, um, by a day or, or two or something like that. So I carried him full term,
0: yeah. Can you walk us through, well, like that moment when after, you know, you've given labor basically, right? Because usually that would be a really amazing moment for someone, right? Yeah. So what was that moment like for you?
1: That's a very good question. Um, so basically throughout this process, I was kind of like fearing labor and delivery because I had gone through labor and delivery with a child on the other end. Um, and so I didn't, I had no clue what that was going to be like. And I just prayed like, God, I don't even know. I didn't even know what to pray for. Cause I've, I've never been through anything like this. No one can like tell me what to expect. I have no clue. So I just prayed like, God, just please like help me get through this. I don't know. Um, and one thing that I prayed for was that I don't want to see him suffer. I don't want to see him gasping for air. I don't want to see, I don't want to see him suffer in any way. I just want this to be peaceful. And I didn't know what that would be like or look like, but that was my only prayer. So during the time of my pregnancy, I would have to go in every two weeks or something like very, very frequently all the way downtown to get checkups, to get ultrasounds and meet with doctors and meet with social workers and meet with, Psychologist. Like I had to meet with everybody, and so they made like a birth plan and asked me what I would want. Like, would I want him resuscitated? How do I want him cared for? All of those questions. And this is why I love Mount Sinai Hospital here in Toronto because it's it's top notch care. Um, they really made sure that my experience was going to be a good one, as as good as it can be in a situation like that. So I went into labor. Um, you know. That whole thing or whatever had great nurses, um, you know, young black nurses who are around my age. So I just felt even more comfortable. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but if they did, then that's just another check. Um, And so when labor, when delivery time actually came, I delivered him and he he was peaceful, like, you know, almost like, like a stillborn basically, but he did have a heartbeat so I did request that he be put on my, on my chest for skin to skin. And they did that. And he was just very peaceful and they wiped him off. And, you know, I had the skin to skin moment. And then um, after a little while, they just said, you know, his heart rate, his heartbeat is fading. And they were very, if if you've ever had to plan a funeral for somebody before, you know, how well, like the I don't know what they're called, but the funeral workers or the attendants, like they're, they have a certain calmness to them and they're just very respectful. And that's literally how the nurses and doctors were with me. So, um, I delivered him, his heartbeat eventually faded. I don't know when that happened, which was a good moment for me because I just felt like he came peacefully. He left peacefully. We got to take photos with him. We held him. Um, the nurses even took him to, I think, I don't remember what they call it, but they took him to a room. They took photos of him in different hats and, and wrapped in a blanket and with uh, his name. And they had a little hat for him. And they gave me like a little package at the end that had his name, like strung, like beads strung on with a little hat and, you know, his um, like a lock of hair. It was just beautiful. It was honestly beautiful. And even as they presented that to me, like I was moved in with tears of happiness because of how grateful I was and how well they they handled us and, and our situation yeah. so as as tragic of a like experience as it was it was literally the best experience I could have asked for
0: wow yeah that, yeah. that sounds amazing like they really put an effort and, yeah like, really be there and provide that like comfort and assistance for you guys definitely yeah wow. that's, that's awesome because I don't think you you hear stories like that often
1: so. no and I even asked the nurse um when well when one of the nurses switched over in the night and um I was like do you have you ever dealt with anything like this before like am I am I your first one and she was like no like things like this happen all the time and people come from all over the world to this hospital for this reason so she's like you know um you and your husband like you guys like she said like you did such a good job I guess she was kind of comparing like experiences that she's seen before but she's like You know, these things happen a lot and it's it's really sad when it does. But even when they were walking, well, I was in like a wheelchair just because I had just given birth. So I was in a wheelchair and they were wheeling me out of the hospital. And I just remember she was wheeling me and other children were being born that day as well, right? So they are down the hall and I can hear babies crying and she was wheeling me down the hallway and she stopped and she said, let's go this way instead. And she wheeled me down a different hallway because she probably thought I was going to be sensitive to hearing newborn baby cries and stuff like that. Even something so small like that, like just a small detail was like I was so grateful for those things. So um, it was a sad it was a sad moment, a sad day, sad weeks, sad months, you know, but the the experience that I had of actually giving birth was it was good.
0: Mm Hmm. Praise God. But you know, like at least the experience and that was good. Okay. So let's just um, go back a little bit. So from the moment that you and your husband, of course, like found out about like, you know, that there was a high chance that your child wasn't going to survive. How did this affect your view on things? If it did at all? It
1: automatically just put me into like, my own headspace like I just felt like my head started swirling a never-ending cycle like a washing a wash cycle that's just always on and I just all these things were going through my head and it never stopped Mm -hmm. I'm asking myself questions I'm I'm you know like second guessing things I've done I'm wondering should I should I say this should I not say this how should I act what should I do how should I feel you literally don't know like it's such a unique situation um, in the fact that I knew ahead of time, what was going to happen. And I count that as a blessing to be a hundred percent honest, because there's a lot, I I used to say this all the time, nearer to the time when my son passed away, like there's a lot of people who go into the hospital with their baby bag, the car seat in the car with the first outfit, and they don't come back with a baby. Mm. And thanks be to God that I did not have to have that experience of that joyful expectation of a child being here and being let down so it was honestly like a blessing in that way because I'm like God actually gave me a gift of knowing so that way I can prepare myself mentally if at all prepare myself but prepare at least in that time like what this would look like and how we would feel so um it was also COVID so like I was very disattached from unattached from the world in general. I wasn't going to church every Sunday or Wednesday. Um it that also could have been a blessing in disguise looking back on it because people also don't know how to act with you. Right. And like understandably so. Like I wouldn't know how to act either. Should I talk about it? Should I not talk about it? Should I comment in comment on how big your belly's getting? Should I not? You know, I understand that as well. But it was also a little bit of a blessing to be in COVID because I didn't have to be presented with those things. Even when you go to the grocery store people will be like, oh my gosh, you're expecting how far along, and they, you know, they want to talk to you about stuff, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is depressing, so both of us were just, it was just a very somber, you know, five months, or yeah, four or five months, or whatever, until he actually came, because you're just stuck in a limbo, not really knowing how things are going to be.
0: What about when after um, everything had, Taken place did it also have like the same kind of impact or how were things during that time for you guys oh
1: that was yeah that was a whole different beast like that was a whole different beast for sure um because there's something about being in the gray zone that's really really hard in any state anything you go through in life when you're faced with the unknown and like a waiting period or, or a time in your life where you don't know what's going on and you don't know if you're going left or right, you don't know how things are going to be, you know, something is coming, but you're not sure when it's like the hardest thing to go through. Um, and so there's a part of me and even times that I prayed to God, just let, let's get this over with. Like, I just want to know how things are going to be on the other side. I want to know how sad I'm going to be, how much I'm going to cry, who I'm going to talk to what my relationship with God is going to look like.
0: Mm. I just want to
1: get to that point because I feel like that's when all the work is going to be done. I just being stuck in this point is so hard. So after he came, um, you know, we made the decision to not tell um, a lot of our like family members. I think the only person who knew was my mom. Mm. Um, People in church knew, but it was like, it's a hard thing to tell people as well. So we, the same day we found out, we had a a Bible study um, at church and we told our Bible study, but even people in the Bible study didn't really catch on to what I was really saying. Like my child is not going to make it. And so I thought, I think for a long time during my pregnancy, people thought my baby was sick. They thought, you know what I mean? Things were going wrong, but on the other side, when like family and friends were finding out like, this is not this didn't happen. Like she lost her child, then everything switched. So people are very respectful. People were great. But for us, it was just more so a time to be like getting, get close to each other and comfort each other because we, we deal with the grief very similar, similarly, actually, my husband and I, which was really good. Um, but it was just very emotional, very, very emotional time. Mm,
0: right. Right. Okay. So I know that you, you went through just ways of how you tried to make sense of things, right, during the time. So I really wanted to ask if, you know, and this happens quite often with a lot of things, right? Like, especially with loss, um, did you ever find that you were blaming yourself or even others or even God for this?
1: I definitely never blamed God, ever.
0: I questioned
1: why, but I never blamed God. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you might think like, you know, did I take prenatals? Did I not take prenatals? I take the wrong brand. Did I, you know, you're just, you're trying, because as a human, you're trying to connect dots. You're trying to make things make sense. And I had to get to the point where I was like, essence, like things don't always make sense. Mm -hmm. And that's just it. You're going to have to deal with that. Um, so there was that time where I questioned God a lot. Um, but it, again, it was almost a blessing in disguise because it really encouraged me to dig deep into the word. Um, Getting to know who God was because as much as like things happen and you hear sermons or whatever about like God works in mysterious ways or, you know, you'll go through things, but don't question God or just things like that. Like God shows himself in hard time. Those little cliches and those one-liners are real different when they're hitting you. So I just remember being like, I need to know who God is like, because right now I know of God in theory.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: thought I had a very, deep, I mean, I did have a deep relationship with God, but I felt like I didn't know God. Like mm-hmm. this all just happened to me. I, like, I don't even know who God is. Cause like, why would this happen to me? Mm-hmm. Um, people like to use pastor Warner's um, accident when, you know, he was paralyzed as a, as an example. And I think someone, I think he said, you know, I don't ask God, why me? I ask God, why not me? And I was like, this is true. Like, I don't know how Pastor Warner asked himself that question um, because I can tell you many reasons why not me, to be very honest. But really and truly, I was like, these things happen to the just and the unjust. It happens. It can happen to anybody. And we live in a fallen world ultimately. And This is not something that God wished on my life or that God made happen because he hates me or because whatever. But I needed to be able to unpack that for myself. So I just found myself, again, this was COVID. My son was born June 1st, 2020. So um, I, you know, stuck in the house anyway. So I just found myself waking up early in the morning and I would go to my backyard and I would just read my Bible, read my Bible. And I was doing reading plans and studies about attributes of God and who God is and God's names and trying to understand like, not on paper who God is, but really in my heart and in my mind to mesh the theory and the 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 real like truth blend those together for myself and my experience about who God is. And ultimately, I came back with God is faithful, God is loving, God is just, God is righteous, God is good. More than anything, God is good, and that's something that I had to keep telling myself over and over. God is still good, no matter what you go through God like God is still good like this all just happened but God never changes his attributes don't change who he is what he stands for it does not change he's still good even though bad things happen so I have to kind of reconcile that within myself
0: Mm. that's a really good method though and of course like a really good way to kind of navigate through the time that you're going through so of course like of course, like, in situations like this, or any kind of situations, we know that there's also an enemy who's always ready to spit lies and throw lies our ways and stuff. So when it came to your situation, what type of lies came to mind during this time? And, again, you already mentioned some of the truths, but if there were any specific truths that you used to combat these lies?
1: Wow, the lies were unending, the the lies were, um, you know, like, you did something, you know, like you, you weren't healthy enough. You didn't eat the right foods. Um, all of your children are going to be sick. Um, all of your children are going to have health problems. Um, you know, hang on to the, the kid that you have now because things will happen to him. I just felt like nobody in my life was safe at that point. Um, and these things sound like, again, like if I was a fly on the wall, I would easily be able to tell someone that's a lie from hell. Like, don't believe that. But when it's happening to you, these lies ring so true in your mind because you're already tormented by the fact that your body is saying that you just had a baby, but there's no, there's no baby there. Um, All of the things that you plan for your life, like they're not there. So not only was I mourning like the loss of my child, but I was, I was mourning his future. I was mourning the the loss for our family. I was mourning the loss of experiences that we would have had, right? Like, so I just remember a lie, like lies were coming in about like my future. I'm only ever going to have one child. I'm going to be barren, just all of these kinds of things, which thank God that I had my son Tobias, you know, uh, at that point he was three years old, but in 2017, because it was proof to myself that you can have a healthy child. Like right, this is right. not a this is not a, a plague on your life that you feel like from here on out, you're just gonna be doomed. I was like, no, I have a healthy child. I know God can bless me with a healthy child. This is gonna happen for me no matter what. This is just a blip on the radar. So I don't have to worry going forward. But mm-hmm. if anything, it was just a learning, a learning experience, a big, big learning
0: experience. Mm-hmm. Do you think the process of getting from that season of just being bombarded with the lies to finally coming in place to understanding, no, this is what the truth is. Do you think that season took a long time for you or? I think what took the, I think what took longer, the lies came, but they were short
1: to be honest. They came, but they were short. They didn't dwell long in my mind. What took the longest was again, uncovering the attributes of God. Mm. I felt like that took me a while to really like try to marry the understanding of the word that I'm reading and have that resonate in my heart as a real truth in my life mind you at this point like I'm a seasoned Christian right like at this point I had been saved for 12 years <laughs> so okay. I'm I know everything like I have never I never backslid and never wavered for my faith like every day in and out is God in my life so at this point I'm like I know who God is but when you go through something like this like it really tests how not, not if you know God, but how deep you know him. Mm. So I felt like the lies didn't stay too long. And I feel like that's because I like, I'm a born again, seasoned Christian, firm in my faith. So the lies weren't going to take me very far, but I needed the truth to be able to take me even farther. And that's what took the longest. So it took me a while to, you know, really come to the conclusion. So many things that I had to do
0: to really end on the conclusion that God is still good. Mm. So let's dive into that a little bit too. So um, just parts of the coping mechanisms or the methods that you use, what did that look like for you? So
1: my husband and I both wanted people around. I was really happy about that because people grieve differently and he's, he's the guy. So people are not really checking for him as much as they're checking for me because I'm the one who physically had the baby, but it's both of our both of ours, our child both died um so thankfully like he had people that he wanted to talk to coming over and people would come and um message me or come to my door and I, I was I was open and free to talk about it because I'm someone I can talk a lot I, I like talking so um but I felt like I need to talk this out like I need to talk about what happened I can't keep it bottled up so mm-hmm. that was one thing that I did um not allowing myself to spend too much time alone with my thoughts mm. um, because I would just get sad and there's a space for that and I do feel like you have to allow yourself to grieve um, but I couldn't dwell there so there were moments where I just felt like I gotta go cry right now like I just gotta go and that when I'm in it I let myself really be in it like cry think about everything do what you have to do and then when that moment's over leave it there mm. um, let it go so One thing that I told like my friends and family is like, just be normal with me. Like, don't think of I can't say this, I can't ask her this, I can't whatever. Just I need people to be normal because I'm I'm searching for normal in this very not normal circumstance. So that's one thing I'll tell people, yeah, call me, let's talk like normal. You know, don't think about what's going on in my in my life right now. Like, let's just be normal. I need some normalcy. So there was that. And praying was really hard for me. Praying Mm -hmm. was really hard. I felt like when I was praying, it was like I was, I was talking, obviously praying is talking to God, but I felt like now I need to confront God. Like now we need to talk about this God. Like you're sitting down with your dad and something bad happened and now you need to sit down with your dad and talk about why you did it and how it happened and if you're gonna do it again or whatever. Right. It just felt like okay, praying is is was too intimate for me to do uh for a while. Yeah. So I would pray very surface prayers and I would pray enough to get me through but it was reading the word that it was truth just jumping off the page that really helped me to cope so eventually I got through all of that and you know prayer life is fine now like we're good but at the time it was it was
0: a tug yeah I can imagine okay so but do you think when you were able to like finally get up and go to church and physically mm-hmm. be in church was that something that you maybe shied away from for some time or was it just kind of like okay I'm just going?
1: Yeah, I needed to, I needed to be away from church for a little bit, just a little bit. Um, because I felt like I needed to reconcile my own emotions and my own like mental space.
0: Right. Um,
1: I'm a very like outgoing person, very personable, very talkative. And I felt like when I go back to church, people are expecting me to be that. Right. Um, and as much as I'm not, you know, there to please other people or whatever, I have this thing where I'm like, I don't want to be able I don't want to have to be fake with people but I also don't want to have to shut people out so yeah. I just had to like be in a little space for myself to be like okay you're gonna be back in church and people are gonna ask you questions and people are gonna immediately look at you with the sad eyes because it's your first service back and like you know just like being able to like be okay with that um and also too I was physically like recovering from having a baby too right so there was that like it was like okay I physically if I had 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 the baby I probably would have been out of church for two weeks anyway just physically getting myself back in shape so I just gave myself like an extra week um and at that time we were having outdoor services as well and like things were popping off in church like these this new person came and this new person came and all of this and it was like, wow. Okay. So when I go back to church, it's going to be like a real thing. Like a lot of new people, new converts. Yeah. Um, but we were having a worship night and I specifically said, I, that's the night, the first night I want to come back is the worship night. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, RBL community, please remember to follow this podcast and follow us on Instagram to never miss out on any updates. And now back to the episode. So there was another thing that you mentioned um, been a while ago Um, and I think sometimes it's true when it comes to situations like this you kind of almost forget about the husband aspect right so how do you think um, he was able to also like cope with this situation do you think that you guys both like were kind of like on the same page do you think it was more like okay maybe he's fine or seemingly fine but I'm more in a phase of where I'm still mourning what did that look like?
1: Both of us were We were pretty much even keel on this. Like we were pretty met pretty much the same. Um, we both had our emotional times, but we both gave each other space to like say what we wanted to say and like ask questions, like or sometimes like things just come to your head, like or your mind, like, yeah, like, you know, if Micah was here right now, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the other person's just like, "Yeah." yeah. And that's it. And just, you know, go on. Um, or like. I remember one time I was eating breakfast. This is probably the day or two after I gave birth, and I'm just my mom was over and she was making breakfast and she called me down and I went to eat, and I was just sitting there eating eggs and tears are just rolling down my face and I'm thinking like sometimes you can anticipate when you're gonna cry and it just was happening and I'm like trying to wipe my tears like just like for no one to see just wipe your like essence get yourself together and it my vision is blurred and i can't see the eggs and i'm trying to eat them and i'm like enough like i need to get up from this table right now and i just went upstairs and i just started crying and my husband came up and he's just like do you need a moment and i'm like yeah and he just got that and i've heard stories before some people they can't respect the space or they want to talk and you don't want to talk and we were very much like hoping the same way so he would have people over and talk about it i would have people over and talk about it um both of us yeah we were and that's another hidden blessing from god that a lot of people's marriages don't even make it through stuff like this right so it was just a blessing to be able to go through this experience together and get closer and not farther apart so it was yeah the grieving part for both of us was um it was it was good we helped each other
0: that's good that's good and i'm I'm glad that you both like even had your moments too yeah But I think sometimes people too will kind of like almost avoid the grieving process for whatever reason, maybe it's, yeah, it's it's tough. Like, I mean, when you're grieving,
1: like you have to go through what you don't want to go through. Like you have to take yourself to to that moment. You have to, memories start to fade and you get mad at yourself because you're like, how can I not remember, you know, this moment or what he looked like here or who held him and who, you know, why didn't I hold him longer? Why did I... All of these, like you have but you have to allow yourself to go through that because it will come up later at a different time when you're least expecting it. So there were times where I'm like, I feel good. Like, wow, I am, I'm recharged. And then it's like, no, sis, you're not, you're just putting on that mask so that way you can get through your days and get through your weeks, but you haven't really sat down with this. So you have to keep taking yourself back to those moments and let yourself sit in that grief. Um, and it looks different for everyone, but it's, it's necessary to get through it.
0: Mm. So a while back, we did an episode on um, basically infertility. And one of the things that was mentioned in that episode is, you know, having to go through those seasons, right? Sometimes it would be hard to see other people who were pregnant, right, Right. as well. So in this kind of circumstance, do you think that you also had those kind of moments where it was kind of difficult to maybe see a person, you know, give birth to a child or Mm -hmm. become pregnant, whatever the case may be?
1: It wasn't, you know what, it wasn't hard for me. And I don't know if that's something I prayed about. I can't remember at the time, but Mm. I remember it's something that I didn't want to feel like Mm. I don't want others to, I don't want others to feel guilty when they're pregnant and I'm not, but I also don't want to feel contempt or any kind of, you know, emotion toward another person. It's natural though. Like it's human nature because you see yourself in that person you see where you could have been and you see this. Um, But I didn't, it wasn't really hard for me. I think one thing that was kind of hard for me was seeing kids that were around his age Mm
0: -hmm. and being
1: like, Oh, like he would be walking right now. He would be this age right now, or he would be talking and you see those kids and hitting their milestones and stuff. And you think, Oh, like I'm supposed to have a two-year-old right now, you know, like, but not toward the other person, but just sometimes it can be a reminder Right, right. Um, and I would let myself feel that, too. I, I would be like, it's OK. It's OK to feel that you're not um, feeling anything toward the other person and wishing they never had it. And, you know, it's nothing like that. But their life is a reminder. And that's a healthy way, again, to grieve is to be able to reflect. Um, so, yeah, like it wasn't necessarily hard for me to see other people, but it was just a reminder more than anything.
0: Right, right. OK, so let's dive a little bit more into just, again, like opening up about this situation, because I know that at one point you did mention that it was only, I believe, like a couple of family members that were aware of this right yeah. before you slowly started opening up. So when did you decide to open up about the events that were taking place in your life at this time? So when when like
1: I found out the moment I found out, I, I don't remember if I called my friend or if she called me. But I was walking from my, from the hospital, Mount Sinai to the car. And she told me, um, she, I guess she asked me or whatever. I don't remember, but I basically told her, yeah, like, this is what's going on. Like my child's not going to make it. And she was in shock. And I was like, yeah, like I was ready to tell people right away. Um, I just felt like I need to, I need to talk about this. Like I need to tell people like what's going on. Um, There were only a few. Yeah. Like some of my family members, they knew I was pregnant, but I don't really talk to them on such an in-depth level to be able to like tell them what was going on. So I just felt like it was there was a time and place to be like, it's better for people to just not know certain people to just not know. Not because I'm trying to hide anything, but it just it's more questions and more comments. And it's just kind of like I don't want to have to deal with those things and people feeling sorry for me during a time where I already feel like that for myself so Mm -hmm. I just felt like it was much easier for me to be able to have people rejoice rejoicing like in quotes not really rejoicing but expecting and being excited and having them have that moment um, rather than the opposite so I opened up quite quickly um, for the most part um and then after things happen yeah like people are coming over and um, I was telling them everything, like anything they want to know. And some people, I would talk to them on the phone. I'm like, like, ask, ask me questions, like anything you want to know, like, ask me, I'm super open to talking about it. Um, cause again, it's a grieving, like it's a coping mechanism for me and my grief
0: mm-hmm. to be
1: able to talk to people about it. So I opened up, um, right away. And so did my husband, we were very open
0: about it. Mm-hmm. So what about like people, for example, that would come up to you and like, you know, it's like, Cause of course, when you're pregnant, people are like making comments, you know, like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see your baby or whatever the case may be. Right. um Now I know that you mentioned you didn't tell everybody right away. So how did you deal with those situations where it's like, okay, I'm not ready to tell this person, but here they are. And they're all excited. How did that transpire? I just want, I just went with
1: it. I mean, you know, <laughs> sorry, God, I don't know if I was lying or what, but I just went with it. Like, mm-hmm yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy this. Yeah, okay, cool. Or where's the baby gonna sleep? I'm not, I'm not sure yet, you know, just really surface answers. But um, yeah, like, I just felt like I did the best that I could um, with addressing like certain questions or comments without making it weird. Because then I felt like if I'm too weird about this, then they're going to be like, well, what's going on? And I don't want to get into that, you know? So yeah, like I think I just, I did the best that I could in, in the time.
0: Right. Yeah. Do you think that um that is a factor that does hinder couples from just sharing like miscarriages or even child loss with friends and family? Just the fact that 100%. they want here. Be yeah. yeah,
1: because like one thing that I noticed too is like, this is not just a loss for me. Like this is right. a loss for everyone. Like it's a loss for my mom, like one of her grandchildren. It's a loss for my, my dad, one of his grandchildren it's a loss for like everyone, like mm-hmm. people are anticipating this birth for different reasons. And friends are excited and family members are excited for their needs to be another kid in the family. And you know what I mean? Like, so it was tough because I, I just remember being like, everyone is experiencing a loss, not only me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, like there's no right or wrong way to, you know, to go about it. Like you just do the best that you can. And, um, right. I always told myself it's better to not say anything now. And then, you know, maybe in my couple of weeks before I give birth, then I can open up. Like there's always time to be able to come out and say something versus you come out and say something prematurely and then be like, Oh, I shouldn't have brought it up. Now this person's treating me like this or they, you know, and people, again, it's such a unique situation. People also don't know how to deal with you either. So they're doing the best that they can, but they don't know that you're, that they're bombarding you or overwhelming you or asking you too much questions or they don't know that either. It's not their fault. So
0: yeah. Right. It's like a learning curve for like, yeah, it totally is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how would you say like, just being a part of a community of believers the church, of course, um, helped you and your family during the grieving process?
1: Well, I knew people were praying for us. So that was, that was huge. Um, and I would just tell people, just pray for us. Like, don't worry about buying us anything or, you know, doing any of that. Like, literally, I desperately just need your prayers at this time because mm-hmm. I just don't know what things are going to look like on the other side. I don't know how saved I'm going to be after this. Like, truth be told, you know, I don't know yeah. how my faith is going to be after this. I don't know how my family is going to be after this. Um, so I knew people were praying for me. Um, you know, the girls, they organize like bringing food over every other day or something like that. So I never had to worry about what we were going to eat. And like, that's just a whole thing you don't have to worry about. So that was a blessing. And as people came to drop off food too, I was able to meet up with people during this COVID time and talk to them about what's going on and stuff like that. So the the church was instrumental. Um, Even as we came back, our names were still on the prayer list to, to pray for us. And I was watching at home. I was watching church at home and you know, our names came up, like pray for us. So I just felt like you have a whole squad behind you of people who are supporting you and praying for you. And um, church is a legit family. Like church is a family that, you know, a blood a blood bought family. So um, it just really felt like the fam has my back and they're here for me. So it was it was great and I don't know how people go through this alone like mm-hmm. literally if I was not a Christian I don't know how would I would have gone through this because who do you have you know like these random people on Instagram who maybe have gone through the same thing like who do you have personally so right. it was uh, it was a really big part in in my healing as well
0: yeah I can imagine and like you even uh, mentioned a couple times that like for you you needed people to talk to and yeah so, having that like community assists in these kind of situations. Right? Oh, the tree, yeah. The church is a huge, a huge blessing. Like, we're
1: there for people's highs and lows, you know? So, yeah. that's what a family is about.
0: Yeah, agreed. Okay. So, of course, sometimes, like, and you mentioned this too, sometimes people don't know exactly how to deal with these kind of situations, yeah. right? So, what were some things that people may have done that were not so helpful? and helpful during this time um you know oddly
1: enough this sounds this is let me just explain this is gonna sound weird but people kept praying for his healing Mm. and I kept telling people don't do that Mm. I'm pretty and I'm not limiting that God could could have healed him I'm not we serve a miracle working God who literally could do anything and I like, like, like Paul said, I prayed for God to take this affliction. Like I prayed for God to take this away, but God pretty much confirmed that this was going to happen in my spirit and in my heart.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: when people were saying, no, God's going to like heal him. And God, well, people didn't know I was having a boy, but you know, your baby, you know, yeah. God's going to heal your baby and God's going to hand and he's get, and I was just like, no, actually um I know you, they have good, a good heart though. So I, I didn't take it personal. I, I wasn't offended or anything, but I was like, just pray for us on the other side, mm. because if God chooses to keep him alive, then that's perfect.
0: Mm.
1: But I need the prayers for when the inevitable happens. Mm. That's where I need you to be focusing your prayer and your energy. Um, so it's not like, again, like, it's not a bad thing that people were, you know, praying for this and whatever, but people are out of the goodness of their heart thinking, no, we're going to, we're going to pray for a miracle. We're going to, yes, you can pray for a miracle, but more than anything, I needed the prayers for the other side of the, of the road. And that, that's, that, that was 100, percent the hardest part. Um, and then there's some people who just asked a lot of questions
0: mm-hmm. that could just
1: get kind of overwhelming. Like, again, like I wanted to be as normal as possible. Like, let's just talk about the weather let's just talk about the Toronto Raptors. Let's just talk about what food you're eating. Let's just talk about the weird thing your kid did today. Like, let's just be normal. I, cause trust me in the back of my mind, I'm already thinking about this. I'm already thinking about my son. I'm already thinking about labor and delivery. I'm already thinking about those things. So as much as you want to ask the questions, like, let's just be normal. So, um, after I gave birth, I, I welcome the questions because people want to know the birth story and I welcomed it and I told people all of that but during that gray area for me I was just like please let's just be normal and and for the most part people got that but you know you have different personalities and different family members and people who they're trying to help or they think they're helping and sometimes it's it's
0: not right right so what about some of the helpful things that people did during this time Um, of prayer
1: um I don't know. I can't I can't really think of helpful things people did during the process.
0: Yeah. Again, it
1: was COVID. I wasn't really seeing people that much anyway. Um, besides people praying for me, there wasn't really much people could do. I actually remember it was Tobias' third birthday and um, I wanted to have a birthday party for him, but then COVID shut everything down. And um, at this point, I was... Well, my son was born June 1st and Tobias's birthday is August, I mean, April 19th. So, about a month and a half difference. So, at this point, I'm probably like, you know, 34 weeks pregnant or so. And one of my friends was like, hey, we're going to do a drive by birthday party or drive by birthday honk or whatever for <laughs> Tobias. They're like, you know, I seen it on the internet. Like, it's so cool. I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, right. just a few cars will come by, we'll honk. I was like, okay. And they came, it was my son's birthday and they came and there were an endless amount of cars. And I live in a court. So like a little cul-de-sac. So you can just drive around. It's not like a street where the street ends and you got to go around the block or something. It was just a court. So everyone was just coming in and rolling around and honking. And I was bawling and I'm not like a happy crier really, but I just remember being so thankful. Like I'm going through this right now, personally, myself in my own head. And like something even as small as my three-year-old's birthday, like the church just came up, rolled up like a squad, like honking, like bringing balloons. And I remember one person brought things for me and I was like, what brought me like treats and iced coffee and all. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it's not even my birthday. Thank you. But even something as small as that, yeah brought joy to my life i was like you guys are thinking about my family thinking about us during this time and it was a whole show like my whole street like my whole court like had their phones out and there it was a great it was a great thing so as much as like people didn't really do much during that time that's one thing that i i always remembered that was just a little a little light you know in our dark situation
0: yeah oh and another point for having a church community another check for the squad yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so of course how would you say after all of this has happened how has god restored your hope
1: oh my gosh honestly i have such a deeper relationship with god now that i would have loved to have not under these circumstances and not in this way but um again like i can't stress how much like reading and studying the bible transformed my mind and my thinking
0: Mm.
1: um during this time because why else would i be digging into the bible so heavy just to find out who he is and what attributes he has has Mm. unless i was going through a situation like this Mm. um and it's again like i just want to put it out there it's not like i was backsliding or questioning my faith or absolutely not like i i was like i felt so strong and firm in my salvation but this just took it to a whole nother level man so um, just really understanding who God is and that, especially reading the book of Job, like no one wants to relate their life to the book of Job, but here I am like, you know, losing children and questioning your circumstances and stuff like that, but God restored him. And it just taught me that God is a God of hope. That God is a God who is good. God wants good things for our lives. God has a, a future for us. Um, you know, there's so many scriptures that just come to my mind, like, you know, if you, you know, a God who, um, their children would ask him for bread and he would give them a stone, you know what I mean? Or how God takes care of the, the birds and provides food for them. How much more will God take care of us? Mm -hmm. Just so many scriptures that I can think of that, like, it's either I'm going to believe that God is God and these things are true, or I'm going to completely dispel my faith right now. Mm -hmm. And I knew the latter option was not an option. Mm -hmm. So God is who he says he is, which means his word is true. And I know his word is true. So all the things in the Bible are true. So when God is talking about that, he's a promise keeper and that, you know, he loves us and he wants the best for us. He wants to bless us. I'm like, how can I not dig deeper in my faith with God? How can I not get deeper with him? How can I not love him even more now knowing that something like this could happen and I could feel peace after that is so bizarre. Like, How could you feel peace after a situation like that? And that's just because God is God and bad things happen. Dark things happen, but it doesn't change who God is. The the upside to that is having a relationship with God is that you have a God who will get you through that. Mm -hmm. So people who are not saved and people who don't know God is like, they don't even know what they're missing out on because a dark time like this can be so much more light and so much more peaceful when you have. The God of the Creator of Heaven and Earth on your side, getting you through, knowing that God created me, it just gives me hope and peace that I'm gonna see my son in heaven when all of this this weird earthly stuff is all done, and you know we're we're off this place and we get raptured or whatever. Like I'm gonna see my son again, and that's so amazing and such a peaceful um, hope that I have for the future. So that's one thing I just want to really encourage anybody who's listening to this with is that don't turn your back on God. God is faithful, the Bible says, even when we are faithless. Mm. So even when we're going through things like this, even when we're questioning God, God is still there and God just wants more of us. He wants us to reach out to him and he will surely be on the
0: other side. Wow, yeah, wow. And even hearing you speak, like, you know, of course, like I I can't imagine, right? Because like, I, I can only imagine, I should say. Yeah. But there's like so much faith you know yeah. from even just the way you speak about like the situation and just your renewed hope in christ yeah. basically you know
1: it's something that was really hard for me really 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 hard for mm. me especially because i'm also such a practical person that faith is something that i have to like i have to make myself remember like have mm. faith have faith like if i don't see it in front of my eyes i don't know how it's gonna happen you know mm. um but again like it takes it takes a situation like this to get you to that point. But everyone goes through a dark time and not everyone is going to lose a child. I wish that on absolutely nobody in life. I don't wish that on anybody. It's it's a, it's a horrible experience. But everybody goes through some kind of loss. Everyone goes through some tra- some kind of tragedy in their life. It could be personal injury. It could be loss of a family member. It could be loss of a job. It could be very dark financial times. It could be emotional or mental sickness or illness,
0: Mm.
1: everyone in their life is going to go through a dark time or two, hopefully just one time, not two, (laughs) but everyone's going to go through a dark time. And when you go through it, you want to make sure that your foundation is as solid as possible because it will be shaken.
0: Mm.
1: It will be shaken. We are humans and we question everything and we get down on ourselves and the enemy will come, but you are going to go through a dark time. And so I just pray that, you know, there's a scripture that says, that God will comfort others with the same comfort that he comforted me. That is that is my number one prayer because you will go through it. But if you can get out of it on the other end with a deeper relationship with God, then you'll be okay.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I have to ask because there was a point that you mentioned where the doctors, right, would give an option, well, gave yeah. an option of abortion, basically. Yeah. Now, of course, like, people that are listening um that don't know Jesus, yeah. sometimes even those that do, may have obviously taken that yeah. route, right? Yeah. Because it seemed like quote unquote the easier way out. Yeah. None, however, decided, no, you're gonna carry this full term. Right. Yeah. So what are your thoughts then on abortion?
1: Being a person of faith, I don't I don't agree with it. I, I never agree with it. Um but the biggest thing is that no matter how the child was conceived no matter the circumstances under which they were conceived two wrongs don't make a right Mm. so that child still deserves a fair chance at life um there's very 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 few very 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 few circumstances where the child needs to be aborted because the mother is going to die very few very few um most of the times people want to get abortions for convenience Uh, and you know the outlier situations where it's rape or incest people always want to bring up like the very few situations um, where those things are the person's reality even in those cases that child still their life still has value Mm -hmm. the way that you were that you were conceived doesn't bring down the value of your life Mm -hmm. so if there if there is anyone who's you know facing that situation or or that you know uh dilemma there are so many other options and you your child will be very very thankful for the life that you allowed them to have um so yeah like it's it's a it's super tough it's such a tough situation um there's shame and there's guilt attached to it um but at least if you choose to give your child life then you can at least have the assurance that if you if you kept them and you raised them or if you gave them up or something like that, you know that they're living somewhere and that you don't have to wonder what their life would have been like because you gave it to them.
0: Mm, that's good. Okay, so as we bring this to a close, what would you say is one piece of advice you share with women who have had similar situations or are currently in this season in their life? Um.
1: I would say that God is still good. And I know I said that a few times, but that is, I feel like that's the theme of my whole situation and my whole experience is that the dark times will come, but God is still good. That is the anthem. So if you're in that situation right now, hopefully not, it gets better. Um, but you can get a more in depth and deep personal relationship with God through the situation as dark as it is God, his hope for us. And his heart is to see us live a happy life is to see us be joyful, to see us be blessed. God wants that for us. And sometimes being more blessed means that these things are allowed to happen to us so that we can become a better Christian. We can become a better, better person. Um, I don't know if I had to go through this just to help one or two women, but if I did, then it's extremely worth it because some people take it will take something like this worse. Some people will take something like this harder. But if they can hear that, wow, this person went through this and look at them, they're still a strong Christian. They're still married. They're still happy. They still have joy. They still have hope. Then it's worth it because some people are, will take something like this really, really hard, but sometimes you just need that glimmer of hope. So hold on to hope, trust God because God is still good.
0: Mm. So good. So good. All right. Well, that is it for today thank you once again so much essence for just being very very open um and honest about your entire experience very much appreciate it i'm 100 sure that it's going to really touch somebody out there you're welcome and i hope that it does for sure yes all right and until next time rbl community stay encouraged